Welcome to the Women Living Healthy podcast, where we empower and inspire women along her self-care journey, her spiritual path, and her wellness transformations. Join us weekly and begin embodying your true essence and authenticity. Become your very own wellness expert and embrace a life filled with good health, vitality, abundance, and purpose. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Women Living Healthy Podcast for Thankful Thursday. This is your host, Dr. K. It is my great pleasure to introduce our special guest for today's conversation, Dr. Peggy Roberts. Dr. Roberts is a doctoral prepared, board certified New York licensed women's health nurse practitioner. She has extensive experience in preventive medicine for women, high risk pregnancies, sexual medicine, and aesthetics. Dr. Roberts' passion and dedication to providing the utmost care to women has led her to opening her own practice, Trust Women's Healthcare. Trust Women's Healthcare provides comprehensive and holistic care to women of all ages. From a thorough well woman visit to best practice aesthetic medicine, Dr. Roberts provides personalized care and complete professionalism to her clients. So very excited to talk about this topic today of polycystic ovarian syndrome, or for short, PCOS. So Dr. Roberts is going to talk about some of the implications of PCOS today, and she's going to do so from this holistic perspective of mind, body, and spirit, because it all works together, right? And so what I find is very interesting is that, so back on episode number four, we had our guest, Dr. Camille Coleman, here to discuss uterine fibroids. And she discussed the prevalence of, of fibroids, and she talked about the research behind it, which now documents that about 80 to 90% of us as women will develop uterine fibroids at some point in our life. So what's an interesting now is that the research is now telling us that we as women, if we already have PCOS, we can actually have somewhat of a double whammy of uterine fibroids. And so there was a recent study that was put out where it collected data from 23,000 African-American women. And it was noted that women who already had PCOS had a 65% higher chance of developing uterine fibroids. So we know that there is a connection here, but we know that PCOS and uterine fibroids, they are distinct conditions and may be treated differently. However, there seems to be some commonalities, and especially genetics and this hormonal imbalance. There's some insulin resistance and, you know, obesity and, you know, links to heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, and of course, there's this infertility issue and disrupted menstrual cycles. And so this topic is very important because many of us as women, when we talk about our mental health, you know, we embrace our feminism and the ability to bring life through our womb. And so when we have been so much affected and we're starting to see the prevalence of, of both of these conditions, then, yeah, I mean, it's leading to a lot of uh, where women are developing depression and, you know, a loss of sense of hope of being able to, you know, start a family and so forth. And so it can, you know, reduce our overall quality of living and a sense of happiness and joy. So that's why I wanted to bring Dr. Roberts on the show today to talk about this important topic, because I think it's often, you know, overlooked or misdiagnosed or misdiagnosed understood that a PCOS. So super excited for today's topic again. And so without further ado, here's today's conversation with Dr. Peggy Roberts. Welcome, Dr. Roberts. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Hi, Dr. Knight. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited about today. Yay, I'm excited as well. And I'm super excited that you're here to discuss this often misunderstood and often misdiagnosed syndrome of polycystic ovary syndrome. 
Yes. So I'm excited to hear also how you're supporting women in your practice. And you have a fairly new practice, which is entitled Trust Women's Healthcare, correct? Correct. We have been open three months. Okay. Um, that's what I thought it was fairly new. Yeah, Yay, good. How's it going yes. for you so far? It's going well. Um, women have been coming in and we've been getting great feedback. And what kind of feeds my soul is, is that it um, aligns, aligns with our mission. Mm-hmm. And women are coming in not having seen a provider in five, 10 years. And it's something about Trust Women's Healthcare that drove them to come in and see us and say, okay, this is the time I'm going to come in and see a provider. And um, just in terms of educating and empowering it, and then just, just me listening to them and listening to their concerns. And I always ask, you know, why, you know, what happened um, over the 10 years or the five years or however long that um, you have not seen a provider? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I usually get the same often the same responses is that the lack of trust in the Mm -hmm. healthcare system and not finding the right provider and having a bad experience. So that deters them from seeing um, another provider. And, um, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate um, that, that, that has been their experience. Mm -hmm. And if I have a hand in turning and reshifting their focus and reshifting their thinking of the healthcare system, then, you know, I I think that I've, I've done a, a good job by them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, and yes. that's what I commonly see with women, you know, especially when we talk about PCOS is that they go from, from doctor to doctor, all these different doctors until they're finally able to get some treatment, you know, that they need for their symptoms. So, you know, you often see that this condition that the symptoms are often mismanaged, right? And, yeah. um, you know, and so uh, it could be a while before women actually receive the diagnoses you know, of PCOS. And I'm sure some of the other, you know, conditions that you, you know, work with um, in your practice with women. And, um, you know, so, but it really doesn't get to the point until they really have a a major issue before they seek that help, you know, because like, like you said, there could be a lack of of trust, you know, in the medical system, especially when you're back and forth, back and forth to different doctors, and you're not getting the help that you need and the treatment that you need. Yes. And especially with polycystic ovarian syndrome, you know, this, condition is often diagnosed when women are trying to conceive and, um, and, you know, women go through months and months of trying to conceive and not knowing why they're not conceiving. Mm -hmm. And that's when they are seeking specialists and the workup. And it's found that they have this um, condition and that they've been suffering with it for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, uh, um, you know, everyone practices differently. Um, It depends on if you have access to care. That's another reason why we decided to trust women's health care. So, um, so this is very prevalent among, um, women and it's, um, especially in our, our teenagers, um, that often goes undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think I'm very excited to be discussing this today and just to educate your listeners in terms of, you know, it could be someone, um, who has one of the symptoms Mm -hmm. and, 
um, and that they can know that, okay, wow, I need to go and seek um, some care to see what's going on or, you know, the diagnosis of what I need to do. So, mm-hmm. um, well, this is good that you're filling a gap and I'm sure that that's what inspired you to open up your own business. And, you know, and I think that's a lot for us as nurses is especially when we're in practice, we see a lot of these gaps in care and um, that's what inspires us to, to seek out and, and try to, to fill that gap and, or if we have these health issues ourselves. Right. And um, so I think it's, um, you know, it's amazing what you're doing. And um, but yeah, like you said, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of women don't get the help for the PCOS symptoms until they're having infertility issues or they're having major menstrual cycle, you know, you know, having irregular menstrual cycles to the point it's causing excruciating pain. Yes. You know, things like that. And especially young girls. And um, because a lot of young girls, as they go through the the process of their body changing, they think that these are just normal symptoms that they're having and not realizing that it could be something, you know, more um, detrimental to their health. Right. Which PCOS can be very detrimental. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you'll talk about that. So let's, let's kind of back up and sure, talk about sure. like for our listeners. So okay. when you said uh, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome or polycystic ovary syndrome, or is it like both? I mean, it's, both. it's, it's interchangeable. Small technicality. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, again, I, it's interchangeable because say polycystic ovary syndrome, polycystic ovarian syndrome, like I said, it's interchangeable. It has the same acronym. You'll hear PCOS during this talk a lot, just in terms of, um, kind of shrinking the, the name because it is a long name. So we yeah. PCOS just to make it a little- PCOS from here on out. PCOS. So yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, so you know, tell us what it is. Let's just start there. Tell us, tell us exactly what it is or what causes it. And then you could talk about, you know, some of the, the treatments and, and so forth. Sure. So PCOS is um, really um, an insulin resistant syndrome. And meaning that our bodies make natural insulin. Um, However, with PCOS, your body doesn't allow the insulin to use it as it should. Thereby, it causes um, irregularities in your menstrual cycle, or you start to have certain acne or hertuism like hair, or, um, you know, on, on an ultrasound, you'll see cysts around your ovaries. So, um, and then it's, it's also linked to a metabolic syndrome where because of the insulin resistant, you have a increased risk of having type two diabetes or cardiovascular disease. Um, so this is all linked to PCOS. So with the woman, um, who's having symptoms, one of the first symptoms that they'll see is something called oligomenorrhea, where, whereas they're not having their periods often, um, you may hear women say, oh, you know, I have my period every other month or, um, you know, three times a year or just not often. Um, and they're not on any type of supplements, medications that would cause it or any type of birth control. They're just like, oh, you know, I just haven't had my period and I don't know what's going on. So that's the common complaint I hear in my practice that Mm -hmm. would come in saying, um, you know, PCOS is also linked to obesity. However, I I also want to say that not all obese women have PCOS and not all non-obese women have PCOS, if that makes sense. So that's why it's very individualized. 
Um, and then most often women will go to the dermatologist and they'll say, you know, I, I have all this acne and I don't know where it's coming from. And it's with the shift of the hormones because in PCOS, you know, there's an increase of male hormones, like the androgen, like testosterone. Mm -hmm. So that's what's causing the, the acne, the hair, the hertuism. Um, so it is a, a multifaceted um, kind of syndrome. And there are, you know, all, some women have all symptoms. Some women only have a few symptoms. So that's why it's important that if it's something that um, you're experiencing any one of the symptoms to get a, a thorough workup to see if you actually have the syndrome. Right. So um, is there an age group that's more likely to be diagnosed with PCOS? Is it more younger women or do we see women in their older adult years experience so PCOS as well? So it's women who are in their reproductive age. Okay. So anywhere from teenage years to, um, you know, women in their thirties. Okay. Um, so you use, like I said, you, you start to see it when women, um, during fertility, mm -hmm. um, that's when most women are, are diagnosed with it. Mm -hmm. Um, unless you go again, the teens, um, I've diagnosed some teens with PCOS based on their symptoms mm -hmm. and, um, you know, on ultrasound, seeing the, the cysts around their ovaries. Right. So does it tend to be genetics? I mean, I know that the cause it's, it could be multiple things, as you mentioned, um, but does genetics play a part in PCOS as well? Yes. I think genetics plays a part in most of the conditions, right. especially <laughs> with PCOS. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you always hear, oh, well, my mom suffered from it right. or my sister suffered from it. Um, you know, I had one woman who mother, all three sisters have it. Mm -hmm. and, and, or, you know, her mom accompanied her to the visit. And she said, you know, I knew something, I was diagnosed with it later on in life and I had difficulty having babies. And so when my daughters came to me, I knew that something, they probably had this because I experienced it, but mine was diagnosed so late. So I think that genetics always has a, a, um, a component to this. And, you know, with PCOS, the etiology is really unknown. We don't know why right, women right. get it. You know, we don't know what makes a woman more prone to having it because then on the flip side, you know, genetically it could be that no one in your family has it and you're mm. the first one in the family to experience it. So I think that, um, Again, it's one of those that the symptoms and, you know, providers really listening. Um, I always have a um, philosophy that your patients will tell you what's going on. Absolutely. Um, just asking the right questions and really listening and mm -hmm. honing in on what they're complaining about. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Very important because I mean, women, I mean, we're all different and we are very unique in our chemistry, our bio, uh, you know, biology, our genetics and, and so forth. But I think that a lot of it, it comes to the fact that we're not not really getting to the root cause of what's causing these issues from the first place. And um, if we don't know what causes PCOS, then yeah, therefore we're just, you know, pretty much providing band-aid solutions, <laughs> you know, yeah. unless we're really coming from a holistic perspective, which we, you know, we can talk about here. And um, so uh, just, let me just make uh, sure that we can kind of sum up what you're talking about. So in terms of 
basically the causes of it, I mean, we don't really know, but definitely there's some things that can potentiate us having more risk factors for PCOS. And, and that does include some genetics and it also includes some things such as environmental issues. Um, there could be, like you said, insulin resistance and um, yep. obesity and, um, and, and inflammation. I think, you know, when we really start digging back or pulling back the layers of now that research, we're able to look at the cell level to see what's causing a lot of our chronic issues and yeah. hormonal imbalances that we're looking at a lot of inflammation. Right. Yes. And, right. um, but, um, but I think that what a major part of this is, is, uh, having poor lifestyle, having a, a very sedentary lifestyle and, you know, the foods that we eat mm-hmm. and yeah. a lot of toxins in the environment that, you know, that's all part of environmental, right. Yes. So, um, Yeah. So talk a little bit about lifestyle habits, because I I mean, that seems to be very critical. (laughs) And I think that that's really where a lot of the treatment is really, um, when we talk about holistic care is really looking at what are those lifestyle adjustments that we can make when we have PCOS. Absolutely. So, you know, eating every, we are what we eat, right? right? Mm -hmm. So I think that we live in a day and age where um, a lot of foods are processed, Um, you know, a lot of food, you know, fast foods, you know, not eating with all the food groups that we learned as children, (laughs) um, you know, ensuring that our plates are colorful. Um, And then also in, 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 I think our environment has something to do with it because if we live in neighborhoods that don't have, um, you know, the grocery store doesn't have fresh fruit and fresh, fresh vegetables, or the cost is high, we're going to tend to go towards the whites, um, you know, the breads, the pastas, the rice, we're going to go towards the highly um, high carb complex carb foods, as opposed to the vegetables and um, having, you know, the, the meats that are a little bit more healthier and the fish that are a little bit more healthier. So I think our environment also plays a key, as you mentioned, before, mm-hmm. um, you know, ensuring, you know, we, we also live in this day and age where we're on, um, we're not exercising, we're not getting out, um, we're, we're in the house. And, you know, I, I look at, I, I kind of use the example of kids. I remember growing up and it'd be a beautiful day and all the kids were outside. Right. And, now I look around and it's like, you don't really see kids um, outside as we used to um, exactly. growing up. So that yes. also, I remember we just used to run and just be outside all day long. And now, <laughs> you know, you have kids on the, the headsets and, and FaceTime and the, the games. And I think that um, not exercising proper, properly does play a factor in being active. And again, I always say, you know, exercise, it can be any form. It mm-hmm. doesn't to be, you know, rigorous exercise, it could be just taking a walk um, daily. So I think that that plays a component foods, exercise. What about stress? Ooh, um, we, we live, yeah, we live in a very high stressful environment, um, especially within this last year and a half, we were living in very unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. So I think that that plays a role in our body and with the hormones and um, just the toxins that are that we're ingesting. So you know, all of that plays a part in trying to be as healthy as, as we can be. Um, so I think that that also can contribute to a lot of conditions and that women go through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And I think it's contributing to a lot of our issues. And you mentioned about um, genetics, and I want to talk about quickly epigenetics, because I think a lot of this that, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of the lifestyle habits and choices that we make, we don't realize how that's damaging our DNA. 
And yeah. um, now that we have a lot of studies, you know, in gar- regarding that of epigenetics and um, that not only are we doing these healthy things for ourselves, but we're doing that for our, our offspring, for our children yeah. <laughs> who come along down the line. Right. So I think mm-hmm. that we need to make that that mind body connection. And uh, recognizing that a lot of the habits that we, you know, um, we carry about within our our day-to-day lives affects us all the way down to our our DNA. And, um, and so, you know, we have to begin to make that connection and especially that to stress, as you mentioned, I mean, that's a major, and I think that really is honestly a lot of the culprit behind, you know, a lot of our inflammation in our body. And I know that that's something that we can start looking at earlier because of now that we're seeing such this high rate of, um, obesity in children and trauma in children that now we know that is leading to a lot of the physical diseases and chronic illnesses that they see later in life. Right. So, I mean, it's even looking down to how much of this, you know, inflammation we can even look at. I don't know if you look at like C-reactive protein, kind of looking at risk factors such as that for women who are more prone to inflammation in the body, you know, and um, so all these things, I mean, that's what, you know, why it really becomes a point that we have to look at holistic, you know, look at it from a holistic perspective. And um, so, I mean, because when we talk about treatment and management and recognizing what PCOS is, talk about Dr. Roberts, what is the implication, the negative implications of if PCOS is not treated, what can happen? So many different things. So um One of the things is, um, like I said, lack of having um, your menstrual cycle every every month. Right. What happens is that, you know, throughout the month, your uterus fills up with lining. um, And when you have your period, that's when that lining sheds. Women with PCOS who are not having um, their menstrual cycles, that lining just keeps building up, building up, building up, building up. And um, it's not healthy to have your lining build up. And then, so when it actually does shed, you know, women are, are bleeding for weeks and weeks and weeks on out and not realizing why, you know, mm-hmm. that can lead to, um, you know, anemia. Mm-hmm. Um, it can lead to just um, in terms of just overall wellness. And then also, you know, there are some um, studies that have shown that, you know, can um, put your risk for uh, uterine cancer as well, because the lining has been building up so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I also want to segue back um, a little bit when you mentioned genetics, I think that knowing your family history is important. Um, And I also, I often hear that, you know, generations uh, previously, you know, no one discussed what is going on. No one discussed, okay, what mom and grandma had. And I think that's very important. And I always tell women that, you know, have that conversation with mom and grandma, if you can, um, and, and find out what happened. You know, you always hear stories of, oh, you know, um, you know, grandma only had one child because all the rest, you know, died at birth. And you're like, well, what happened? You know, or, you know what, just any time. So kind of knowing your family history is so, so important. Um, and I understand that there are some women that that um, is, unfortunately, they're not able to. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to also point that out, um, you know, just to kind of go back a little bit if, if I would. Um, but, you know, again, some of the other harmful things with um, PCOS is uh, infertility, you know, that dream of having a family, uh, yeah. you know, and that, yeah. yeah, and PCOS being linked to mental health, mm-hmm. anxiety and 
depression. They don't know where it stems from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my uh, opinion is, is that if you're going through so many um, different symptoms in terms of menstrual irregularities, obesity, acne, um, uh, you know, hair uh, or facial hair, and then coupled with unable to conceive or have a baby that can lead to anxiety and depression yes. and that can lead to the, the mental health and the, and wearing you down. So, um, so, you know, there, there just a cascade and it just, um, spirals from just getting the diagnosis and all of the symptoms that come with it. And especially if you go undiagnosed for such a long time, it's that void of not knowing, like always question, like, why, why, like what's mm-hmm. going on? Why me? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, And I think you're right on it. And thank you for pointing those things out, because I think that especially with the fertility issue, you know, it really takes away from our feminism, the sense of of who we truly are as women, right? Our power Mm -hmm. as women, you know, when we start thinking about, you know, what, what is it that really... I think when we think about our authentic selves and what God created mm-hmm. us to be, you know, and one of those is bringing, you know, life through our womb. And when we can't yeah. do that, then yeah, I can see how that can lead to a lot of anxiety and, and depression, not being able to do that, but just, you know, the uh, humiliation of people too, when they are so judgmental, you know, especially when women do have a lot of acne, you know, mm-hmm. and or weight gain mm-hmm. from this PCOS. So yeah, it can affect women on so many different levels and, um, you know, and just disrupt this overall, you know, quality of living. And, um, and I think that you're right. I mean, there are, I have seen in the research, there's a risk of ovarian cancers and heart disease, just from the inflammation type two diabetes from insulin resistance. I mean, it seems to be that there's this commonality between a lot of these chronic issues. And, um, and as we already mentioned, inflammation and poor lifestyle has a a lot to do with it. And, um, so, so talk about a little bit, uh, Dr. Roberts, like the symptom management, and so let me back up just, just real quickly, just so you mentioned about diagnosis. So let me just make sure that we make this clear to, to listeners. So it's e- either that they're having these irregular menstrual cycles, right? Yes. Or infertility, and then they mm-hmm. have high levels of androgen hormones within their blood yes. that can be tested. Right. And then you mm-hmm. said there's cysts that will show on the ovaries. So there's an ultrasound that's typically done to diagnosis as well. So they do they have to have all of those symptoms to be diagnosed as PCOS or maybe just two of those, those things? Great or- question. So, you know, if the literature suggests that having two of the three symptoms okay. um, leads to a diagnosis. So for example, if um, some women may have all three, some women may have um, two, but again, you have to look at each individual woman, right? So if a woman has one symptom, it doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't have the diet. She may not have the diagnosis at that time, Mm -hmm. but later on she can develop that diagnosis. Okay. So it's also something that, um, you know, she should keep in, uh, you know, close contact and get regular checkups with her provider to ensure that um, that one symptom is, is, you know, being evaluated and as, you know, yearly, like, okay, keeping a pulse and finding out if she's developing the other two symptoms, but you only need the two symptoms mm-hmm. in order to um, meet the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause what I commonly see Dr. Roberts is a lot of women, they just brush off their symptoms. Right. And not follow through. Yes. And um, until again, like we've, we've talked about, they have negative implications of it. And um, so it's very important for it to be treated timely. 
And then, as you say, followed up to see if they're developing other symptoms as well. So let's talk about the symptoms of management. So how typically do you manage, you know, PCOS with your clients? Um, I manage them very often. Um, so one of the things is, is taking a um, good history and physical Mm-hmm. And finding out, I, you know, I take, um, and like, I always joke with the women that I treat and I say, Hey, I'm getting all, all in your business. <laughs> I want to know everything. That's what we so, have to do as nurses yes, with detectives, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. So I always go through their history. It's very focused. Um, I go through, um, just in terms of what their concerns are. So I make sure that I address their concerns. I go through their family history. Um, and then I also want to know what their desires are. So for example, if, um, you know, typically if women are, have the diagnosis of PCOS and they're not having menstrual periods regularly, or again, um, you know, it's interrupting their lifestyle, you know, they're, they're usually is, you know, just having the birth control. That's usually one of, you know, the, the, the management. Um, But also I want to preface and say that this is shared decision-making because I've also had, um, you know, women that say, you know what, I don't want to take any hormones. You Mm -hmm. know, I I don't think that this is a route I should go. And, um, and that's when we sit and we have the conversation and then the management is completely different. If a woman comes in for preconception and, you know, she's looking to conceive and usually with women who are looking to conceive, um, most often, um, we place them on, um, something called metformin, which is, um, often used in diabetes and we, um, you know, start them off at a low dose. And what that does is that it starts to regulate their cycle because again, mm. like I said, this disease is insulin resistant. Right. So if you're adding metformin and it's, it, it'll kind of jumpstart, um, her, her ovulation. And sometimes that has, um, you know, she's been able to conceive naturally. Um, so again, it, it, you know, when it comes to management of PCOS, there's the textbook answer, mm-hmm. but it's also the, 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 and, you know, the approach is it's individualized. Right. Um, it all depends on the patient's history. It depends mm-hmm. on the patient's uh, desires and it depends on how severe or not severe it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for, you know, as a provider, I, I always say that it's, um, it's individualized and it depends on that particular woman and what, um, you know, it's, it's just multifaceted. It is. And that's what makes this, I think the syndrome very difficult to treat when we're treating it just from this traditional approach, because it is multifaceted. And I've seen, I mean, I I work with a lot of women who have PCOS and that's why I wanted to have you on the show (laughs) to get your perspective too. And your, all of your knowledge, because what I commonly see with women is that they go to different positions and it's like one of the first lines of treatment um, that they are seeing is that they, okay, diet and exercise, diet and exercise, diet, which is very much needed. Don't get yes, me wrong. Very, big. very important, Absolutely. but diet and exercise doesn't work for everybody. Because I think that what I have heard from feedback from women is that when there's so much focus on diet and exercise, and it feeds into this, um, this pressure that I need to be thin. Yes. And it's not specific, right? So right. you go to- and it says diet and exercise. And what if you, this woman has been in her mind, I've been eating right. And I've been exercising right. something still not going on. So that's why, again, focus questions. So if, yeah. if, 
Yes. If she is, um, has been doing all these things and she's coming and saying that, okay, I need additional help because this is not working. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's when as providers, we have to step in and say, okay, let's delve a little bit further. What have you been, tell me what you've been doing, what Mm -hmm. has been working. And that's another question I usually ask women, what works for you? What have you tried in the past? Cause there's no need in trying to, um, reinvent the wheel. If it, you tried this and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see what's another approach. Absolutely. Um, you know, PCOS, they always say, you know, at least 10% of your weight can make a difference. Yes, for some women it may, but for some women with PCOS, it's very hard to lose weight. It's very hard to do that. And then when they don't, when they're not successful in that, then that makes them feel more of a failure. Yes. And that's where they start coming into self-blame. And that's when they start having uh, eating disorders, mm-hmm. right? And depression. You know, and particularly what I'm seeing is for younger women, right? And um, when they have this this body image, and so you add diet and exercise, this you know this regimen for them, and they are not successful in that, and they they feel like they have failed if they don't meet those goals that have been set out. So I think that we have to be very cautious and careful as practitioners, and that's why I wanted to bring you on because I know you take that holistic perspective and really getting down deep and really figuring mm-hmm. out what is it going to need be that this woman needs. Yes. you know, as her uniqueness from the next woman. Right. So it's, it's very, very important, especially in our younger generation. And, um, and I think that too, with PCOS, and I know that there are some older women who often who deal with it as well. It's not just younger women. Oh, and so, not. but there's a gap in between, you know, uh, symptom management of someone who was younger versus someone who was older. Right. So you have younger women who deal more with the weight issues and the self image trying to Mm -hmm. be, you know, fit into this uh, societal expectation of being thin. But then and then the older women, they don't have the same concerns as younger women. You know, older women are not dealing with the fact that, okay, I may not have, you know, be able to have uh, children anymore because they already have children. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or they may feel more comfortable in their skin and their body. They don't deal with some of those uh, self-esteem issues that younger women do. So there's, I think this gap in symptom management coming from that perspective too, in terms of age. And then also the conversation is different. Um, so right. like the, 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 you know, my conversations is different with a younger woman than with the older women. You know, for example, you know, we talked about with younger women in terms of, you know, what our conversation will be like well, with the, you know, you're bringing up the older women, which is a, a great segue because with older women, now it's the risk of, um, cardiovascular disease, right? In terms mm-hmm. of stroke, heart disease, exactly. um, diabetes, if they haven't been diagnosed with it. Um, and then also with, um, I didn't uh, mention this before, and I, I, I feel remiss and I need to tie this in. Um, you know, we talked about the infertility um, version portion of this, mm-hmm. but what about your, your pregnant women with PCOS mm. and how they're at risk for having pregnancy complications such as gestational wow. diabetes. Right. Um, and a lot of women don't understand that. So when they're diagnosed with gestational diabetes at an early gestational age, and it means that they have to check their finger six, four times a day, and now they're on insulin mm. and the management is completely different. Um, you know, then that comes the stress of managing this in pregnancy um, and dealing with all the other pregnancy, um, you know, just, you know, symptoms and complications that may come from with it. So I, I think that, again, conversations are shifted and are different based 
focus on the woman that is sitting in front of you and what her history and what her desires are and what um, you see as a provider that can be potentially um, adverse reactions to this Mm -hmm. disease. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, Dr. Roberts. So for treatment, in terms of natural remedies. Okay. So let's, let's just back up. So you did mention about, um, oral contraceptives, birth control. You mentioned about anti-diabetic medication, metformin, Mm -hmm. um, definitely healthy lifestyle and diet, getting, you know, adequate exercise movement, you know, getting a good, um, rainbow color, you know, of foods in our diet, (laughs) um, definitely anything that, um, it's going to cause any other, like alcohol and, yeah. and smoking, those are very important to avoid too, right? Correct. Okay. Um, smoking, um, alcohol obviously does play a role in it. Um, mm-hmm. also being, um, around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, secondhand smoke that also is also, a, uh-huh. a factor in it. Okay. Um, and, you know, you, the, the, the natural, um, and, you know, that also is, is very helpful. And again, it all goes back to the woman, right. Right. And and what it is that we are, what symptoms she's dealing with. Right. And what her um, goals are in terms of her. mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Um, you know, ensuring that you are, um, having, you know, your, your, um, vitamins are are very, um, important. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, you know, I partner with, uh, the detox, now and um you know in trying to you know really reduce uh the inflammation um that can lead to these hormonal conditions mm-hmm. uh, and they have uh, had some great successes in terms of um having women reshift their hormonal imbalance so that it can address and kind of decrease the symptoms that they're having with these various conditions okay um, so you said detox now Detox now. Okay. Um, so how can women get more information about that? So um, they have a website, the Detox Now, um, and it's they can um, log on and have a free consultation. Um, obviously, medical clearance is needed because we want to make sure women are a candidate. Because I want to say that although there are some women who want to go the holistic route, and we definitely support that, again, it all depends. It's individualized. It's individualized and it depends on what this woman is dealing with, what her symptoms are and what her overall medical history and her medical health looks like. Um, But we definitely, definitely support um, women who want to go the holistic route. And there are some women who say, listen, I only want the holistic route. And there's some women who say, listen, I, I... I don't know much about it. Let me get more information. And that's another thing that I trust women's healthcare is to give the information to empower women to um, take heed of their um, medical uh, health and Mm -hmm. uh, wellness and being able to make that decision and given all the information. And I always uh, tell women that I'm transparent with you. I'm going to give you the good, the bad, the ugly, because I want you to be able to make the best informed decision for you. And I'm here to support you because there are times that, you know, as providers. And as you know, we may not um, understand certain decisions women make. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we're not here to judge. We are here to respect it and to be able to guide them Mm -hmm. um, and be able to be here as a resource for them. So important. So important. So yay. So detox now. So just real quickly, what exactly does that entail? So that entails a, um, a diet and supplements. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yes. It, it's, it's a so it's natural supplements, supplements natural or, supplements. okay. 
natural. So it's very um, naturopathic um, it, in terms, it's a whole plan. And like okay. I said, it's individualized. And I think that that's what I, I, I kind of uh, like about it and why women have so sense, because again, it's not a one size fits all program for all women. It's very um, uh, individualized. It's a program specific only to you. And, um, and it goes in lines with what your goals are. And it includes the diet, it includes the different supplements, it includes, uh, you know, uh, and it's all natural. So it's not anything that's processed and um, that, uh, you know, you may see somewhere else. And, and again, you have the consultation and if, you know, women feel it's for them, then great. If mm-hmm. not, then again, we, we, we will find a, um, we will make a plan and mm-hmm. we will find out what works best. So this you. is something that you collaborate with other yes. providers to provide yes, this right. service. Okay. Correct. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay, good. That's good to know. Good yes. to know. Okay. So um, I've heard a lot about like um, intermittent fasting for PCOS. Have you, um, do you commonly hear that or recommend that for women? So I hear a whole host of things that <laughs> women go through. And um, it's not for I, everybody. I, I know it's not for it, everybody. It's not for everyone. But what it does is, is that it contributes to, um, it helps with the weight loss. Yes. Right. And, 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 you know, again, it's, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it works for certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you that I do intermittent fasting. Um, I do too. That's why I asked. <laughs> yes, I do intermittent fasting. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've, I found that, you know, it works for me and right. it helps to maintain, um, you know, my weight. And, um, and again, we, we all, and I, and I, and I admit to it, we all suffer from, um, challenges in, in weight loss and being maintained and trying to be healthy. But mm-hmm. I found that that's something that worked for me. Right. And when, um, women come and they ask me about it, I'm able to give them the medical perspective and also the personal. And I right. do add the personal because I want to, I want women to know, listen, you know, I go through things as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I am a woman, I go through things. So yes, yes, the yes. definitely does help plant-based diets help. Um, I've heard yes, women see yes. all different types of diet. And oh, it, again, yes. it goes back to the weight loss. It does. And it goes back to the, the, the healthiness of our insulin as well. When we talk about Mm -hmm. a part of this problem of PCOS is insulin resistance, which could be a part of, you know, the obesity, especially within the abdominal cavity. But I think that, you know, with the intermittent fasting, not only is it for weight loss is also to help with this insulin receptivity as well. And, um, helps to, you know, to control the blood sugars and it gives our digestive system a break, you know, and that's, that's a lot of the the issue that we come into to when, you know, we're constantly eating, eating, eating all day without, you know, taking those breaks um, that we've been accustomed to, you know, eating all day without giving our body a, a rest. And um, so, okay, so definitely coming into making sure that we have a healthy diet, you said a plant-based diet, which is uh, definitely going to help yes, with yes. reducing sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So lots of green leafy vegetables, broccoli, cabbage, um, mustard leaves. I mean, all, you know, things like that, they help to balance hormones too, right? It does. Yes, absolutely. And, um, balance the hormones, the inflammation, and as well as it decreases your risk of developing other conditions, right? right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just specific, just, oh, I need to, um, you know, with, with insulin resistance and trying to manage this, the syndrome that I have, it also helps decrease the risk of developing other 
um, symptoms and other conditions that, you know, some women may not be aware of. Right. Yeah. But um, I, I work with a lot of women who have a lot of stress, a lot of burnout. And so I come from it from that perspective and reducing stress, you know, for women who are prone for a lot of these, you know, chronic ailments, um, especially. And um, so I, I think that as women, we, we do have to recognize that we do have this, you know, mind body connection and, um, and that uh, managing our, our stress is a part of symptomatic uh, management of PCOS, especially. And, um, and so, but I think that when we start looking at <clears throat> definitely all the things that we've talked about, but I think that as women, we carry so much emotionally when we start thinking about um, our past traumas, and that could be individually or collectively or even genetically or uh, generational trauma. Uh, when we start thinking about when we are thinking we're not enough or we're not loving ourselves, right? Or just that we have unhealed emotions that we haven't healed from yet. And I think that when we start talking about the spirit now, because we've talked a good bit about the mind and body, but when we, we really start talking about the spirit. I always like to inject that because it's so important, right? And um, I think that that has to be a part of the equation. And um, But when we are truly loving ourselves from the core of who we truly are, then that's going to put us in a position where we are able to, to choose better lifestyle habits, you know, choosing those things that are more, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. And I, you, you are, you are saying all of the things that, um, kind of inspired me why I went into women's health because women, we are the center of the Mm -hmm. family. We often neglect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, um, you know, be, you know, just, it's just a resource and, and, and just to empower women and to know, listen, it's okay to put yourself first, right? It's okay to, to say that everything's not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we tend to like, to, to try to um, suppress our, our emotions, our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we take care of everyone else before we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always, uh, you know, I have a model and I just recently adopted this when I say recently with maybe within the last five to seven years that, you know, I need to put me first right. in order for me to be the best self for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, and it's not saying that you're being, um, selfish. You just understand that we mm-hmm. just carry so many stressors and yes. we are, um, you know, enduring so much that we want to make sure, you know, we're good when you're on the plane. Um, and it's, and, you know, there's a, a change in pressure. They mm. always say you put your mask on first and right. then you help everyone else. Exactly. So it's kind of the same thought process. And, um, and I think that um, women were always seen as less than um, in terms of when it comes to the pay gap, mm. when it comes even in um, the, the disparities in women's health in terms of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of research on women's health. Um, when you think of something like cardiovascular disease, you'll see, you know, a plethora of research on white males and what about women? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I wanted to kind of just, just, just a kind of tie in of, you know, my reason why I went into women's health. And I think that as a woman, you know, we, you know, I'm guilty of it and and just trying to suppress, you know, certain, Mm. certain things, certain feelings Mm. and, um, not, you know, I'm being guilty of not taking care of myself. So I think that if 
I, if I endure it, then there are, you know, millions of women who are also enduring. So I'm able to um, come from a, a perspective as a provider and as a woman to be able to care for other women and share you know, and share my thoughts and my knowledge and, and to empower them and elevate them. Mm -hmm. So important that you bring that perspective from your own experience, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, I think that, like you say, a lot of things that we do suppress as women, then, you know, that's where disease comes from. Right. And I believe that if, you know, a disease comes up for us, then mm -hmm. whether that be cancer, whether that be PCOS, whether that be heart mm -hmm. disease or lupus, yes. you know, that means that we need to do some deeper soul work. <laughs> we need Absolutely. to do some, yes. some, mm -hmm. some deep healing within ourselves. You know, like I said, whatever that is for you, whether you're holding on to unforgiveness or resentment or trauma or what have you, it's going to start affecting our health physically and um, our mental health as well. And I've witnessed so many patients over the last 20 years and um, yeah, they can have all these medical treatments and even the best lifestyle habits and diet and exercise and weight and all of that. But still at the end of the day, their body is unhealthy. And a lot of it does come from these things that I'm talking about. And it's not until they release mm -hmm. a lot of those things that, that you're truly not whole and healthy within. And when we talk about health, we talk about, you know, again, mind, body, spirit, health. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, so I think that's very important. So, but I love what you're doing with women and taking this holistic perspective. So um, are there any other key takeaways that you want to provide our listeners? This has been some great information yes, and um, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Um, just, you know, um, I, I always tell women to, um, ask questions, um, you know, bring an advocate, um, you know, if you, I always, you know, whenever I deliver news to women, um, I always say, listen, I don't want you to give me an answer now. Let's I'll, we'll follow up in about a few days a week, digest the information and let's come back to the table. Right. I think that's very important, um, uh, you know, and then also just always know that it's going to be okay. Mm. You, you are going to be okay. We will get through this together. And you have a village out there of women who are going through the same things, who've gone through the same things. And um, we all have a, a piece um, to the puzzle and, and, and whatever it is um, to know that you are not alone. Absolutely. Good. That's great. So how can women get in touch with you? So we are um, Trust Women's Healthcare. We're located at 318 Gates Avenue. That is in Brooklyn, New York. Um, to schedule an appointment, please visit our website at trustwomenshealthcare.com. Um, or you can call the office at um, area code 929, 788-7878. And I want to thank you so much for inviting me onto this. So this has been so empowering, so enlightening, and I love the work that you're doing um, thank you. for women. And um, and this has been amazing. Yay! Well, thank you so much, and likewise, thank you for all that you're doing. As I said, and uh, you keep up the good work. Thank you. And congratulations on your new business. And I'm, oh, I'm sure that it's you. going yes. to, to be amazing for many, many women who need it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Everybody. You're welcome, Dr. Roberts. Thanks for being you here. Too. And we'll have to have you back on. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. You take Bye. care. Okay. You too. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you for you. tuning in to the okay. Women Living Bye. Healthy Podcast, Bye. where we inspire and empower women to make peace with her mind, her body, and her spirit. If this was your first time checking in, then go ahead and click follow so you don't miss out on one of our exciting episodes. And please leave a review. We appreciate your feedback and we'll connect to you next time. Take care.